Blackhawks fans, welcome in to Four Feathers After Dark. Johnny Nani, Ron Luce, Tony Marchese here. Let's crack them after this Hawks loss and discuss what's going on since we last talked. Boys, how we doing? Doing well, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure to get back on, uh, even if it's uh, you know loss that we're talking about here. We're, uh, we're, we're pumped to get back on talks of Blackhawks hockey. And uh, like you said, a little Hawks after dark, and it's going to be kind of fun to, to get to chat here late on this Monday night. Uh, Johnny, not high on the Hawks right now. Not very high on the Hawks. I know we've we've had those discussions about whether we're high on the Hawks, whether we're down on the Hawks. Very down on the Hawks tonight. Just brutal. Um, but there were some positives we could talk about. Maybe those were in the broadcast booth, not on the ice. Johnny, how are you doing, my friend? Right, guys, I'm good. You know, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm upset about the loss. Don't get me wrong. I'm upset anytime my, any of my favorite teams lose. But um, we got plenty more topics besides just tonight's game. So, obviously, we're coming at you here uh, late on Monday, January 24th. Uh, Blackhawks fell 2-0 to the Colorado Avalanche here on this Monday night. So, uh, we'll touch. That's our first topic here uh, since we last talked. There's been three games and all losses for the Blackhawks. They picked up one point in a uh, overtime loss on Saturday night. But other than that, I uh, got blown out by the Wild Friday night, uh, that overtime loss that I just mentioned on Saturday night, and now shut out uh, by the Avs, although I will say the effort overall wasn't terrible tonight, guys. Uh, just general general quick thoughts here uh, on since we last talked. Yeah, I mean, in terms of tonight's game, Johnny, I think you hit it on the head, right? They they, they played overall good games, just Colorado's that much better than the Hawks on paper, and they they did enough to win, uh, even though the Hawks, you know, came out with a good effort. Um, you know, they mentioned it a little bit on the postgame show, or, and even I think between periods about, you know, it's a lot easier to get up for a good team, right, and get up and, and, and deliver a good effort. Um, they did not look great uh, in that first game against Minnesota, got absolutely embarrassed uh, at home against the wild, but a better effort on Saturday. And, and Nani, I know you and I were going back and forth a little bit, um, through social media about it. You know, it was just a heartbreaking overtime game, uh, really for the Hawks there very well could have been two points in their favor. Uh, and certainly wish it was in the, uh, the old Hendrick Borgstrom game. So, um, you know, since we last talked, I think, uh, like, like Tony said, yeah, it's a little hard, a little hard to be high on the Hawks right now, but, uh, plenty for us to discuss here tonight. I think just overall thoughts last time we talked, I mean, you asked, you know, how are you going to be watching these games and, and what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I just go back to that where it's like, there's, I had no faith going into this stretch and I still have no reason to believe in, in anything that the Blackhawks are doing right now. Um, I feel like, you know, like just resident negative Nani on this podcast uh, for today. Like there was just, there's not a lot of good, out there. And we talked, Ron, this team goes with Patrick Kane. This team goes with its scores. Where is everybody? You see it tonight. Prime example. Not good stuff. Right. It's justified, Tony. They're not giving anyone a reason to. I mean, they, they had that little like stretch, but this is how it's been all year. And this is one like topic that I was going to get into, um, but it can just be lumped in here. It's infuriating inconsistency. It's something that, okay, you have a decent stretch and you rack up, you know, so many points in, you know, a short stretch of three to four games. Uh, they had that little short winning streak and then you come out. Then you just lay an egg against Seattle on Monday, and then you do the same on Friday after having all week off since that game was postponed, which we'll get into postponed games later. But it's just infuriating, the inconsistency of it, Tony. So they don't give you a reason to believe. Um, it's We're just like looking ahead to the trade deadline now and like, yeah, sure, we'll still tune into the games and see who's performing well and whatnot. But uh, as a whole right now, it's 
I agree. Not a whole lot of reason can, to be optimistic. Can about someone just have like a action. highlight reel goal? Like just something. Yeah. Just yeah. something. Like you see, Johnny, just the you thing get, that infuriates me is you're posting, you know, videos of guys having headbutt goals and different stuff that's around the league. I remember when that was the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, right. Every single night, yeah, they, that was the Blackhawks. They need to get back on track so the Four Feathers content can wrap back up to where we want it to be, right? <laughs> Naturally, That's what right. Saying. Yeah, and it really does. It feels like there, there's nothing even to get excited about. I feel like, given the state of the team right now, if you know we were sitting here talking about, you know, maybe when you know Lucas Reichel comes back up, maybe he does a couple things that get us a little bit excited for what he might bring in the future. Um, you know, or like Tony, like even you said, everybody. Most times, it's worth just tuning into the Hawks to watch the Alex DeBrinket, Patrick Kane show. But like even they haven't been showing up recently and it makes it, you know, harder to watch. And you're not seeing the big, you know, the big goals from Cat or the the crazy passes from, you know, Kane. Uh, and, you know, one of our favorite guys here at, at Four Feathers and just fucking crank it, Dominic Kubelik, has been totally just disappeared to the point where his name is being thrown in trade talks. Like it, it's it's a very weird time right now for the Hawks. You know, Kubelik looking like a guy that would have been a part of the future here and now he very well might be on his way out. Dylan Strom's played better, but like infuriatingly inconsistent, you know. So it's it's just a weird time. And like you said, we need that good highlight. Give us a good highlight because at least that's something that we can get up for. Yeah, guys, you know what a highlight is here though for Four Feathers. We love our listeners, our loyal listeners, and that is Kirk Zappa checking in for Four Feathers After Dark. What's up, Kirk? I uh, drops comment in here. You can do so. Uh, subscribe to the Odd Tip Sports at YouTube channel. That's where all of these are live. Uh, you can join the conversation there. Uh, we used to, you know, uh, be able to see your comments through uh, when. Periscope was still Twitter's broadcast, but they changed that and it's Twitter live now. And for whatever reason, comments don't filter through to us here. So we can't see them. Go to YouTube or the ONTAP Sportsnet Facebook page. Drop them in there so you can engage with us uh, as we record this. Let's go into Blackhawk status. Check, boys. Now, after this loss at Colorado tonight, 15, 20, and 7, we got 37 points on the season. Still seventh in the Central, seventh out of a playoff spot. That's deceiving, though, because you got to look at points percentage. There are plenty of teams that have had more games postponed uh had more covid situation stuff that has made them play fewer games but they still end up having more points so their points percentage is you know better uh, than the blackhawks and there's a lot more to chase than just seven points there but oddly enough remember last time we talked and i give those moneypuck.com odds on playoffs yeah we've actually jumped we've jumped about five percent it was 2.1 last time we talked this is, this is news to me seven point two percent so you're seeing you're seeing that's one thing that, you know, if the Blackhawks were going to pull off something miraculous, they need some help. Well, guess what? Over the last week, seems they got a little help from those teams around him there. News to me and judging by Ron's reaction, news to Ron, too. Some point, some point two isn't anything to, you know, uh, throw a party over, but it is an increase because it was at two, like just over two last week. So you're telling yeah. me there's a chance. That's exactly what I'm saying. There There's a better chance. Like, I think that's the interesting part. And it, it is such an interesting year. The Johnny, you mentioned like the points percentage and, and everything that's going on there. But like, it's weird looking at the, you know, the standings right now, especially in the central, like sure teams have had more games either postponed or just haven't played them yet. But like most of them it isn't by an astronomical amount that are close, right? Like the Dallas's of the world and the Winnipeg's of the world and the Minnesota's even of the world. Like maybe not so much Minnesota, but at least Dallas and Winnipeg. Like maybe, just maybe, 
the Hawks can maybe stop being inconsistent, you know, infuriatingly inconsistent and put some little stretch together here. You're going to have more games now in February, just a little precursor to one of our topics later. You know, this is the time now. If you're going to get hot, somebody needs to step up. You know, whether it's a guy that's already here that the narrative is changing on them or, you know, they don't know what their future is. Guys are playing for their next contract, a lot of these guys. So step up, go on a little bit of a run, at least make it interesting. You're not going to have a first-round pick this year anyway, so it doesn't matter where you finish in the standings. Right, Ron, I I agree. They absolutely need to step up here. But think about what we talked, you know, we obviously took a little hiatus over the holidays and there was a bunch of COVID issues and people going on vacation and all that stuff going on. We had postponement, so there wasn't a lot of games at the end of 2021. But remember, we were ready to run in like the middle of December and we were saying that same shit then. What what's going to be different now? It's not they're going to be infuriatingly infuriatingly inconsistent once again, Ron. So never get up for the fucking letdown. I love it. Never get up for the letdown. The the wise words of negative Nani, and I think Johnny, we just found our episode title uh, for tonight's game as well. Yeah, uh, dude, it, it's just like I said. We we had talked about this, and we had said the importance of doing that at that time, and that was leading in before all you know the NHL got hit with the whole COVID wave that caused these postponements. So yeah, sure, I guess you get a few more games, more opportunities down the road to do it. But like Tony had said earlier, they're not giving you a reason to be inspired at all. Well, I think just doubling down on some of that is like we came into the season in a totally different world as Blackhawks fans. It was a totally different run organization. There were bombs dropped. And then it was Jeremy Colladin, like the, the, the camera pans. It's Jeremy Colladin there. He's on the hot seat. Then they wait a little bit and remove him. Then we get this little Derek King period where it's like, okay, here's this breath of fresh air. Let's play this free style of hockey. And you see the boys go out there and have fun. Then we get into the ready to run thing, Johnny. And now it feels back more like stifled. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's just no openness to the game. There's nothing crisp. It's stagnant. And that's, it's, it's not, entertaining hockey i just have to like ron you say call a spade a spade we were laughing about it because colby cohen said it on the uh, post game show but call a spade a spade they've played boring hockey and they've got right. very entertaining players so on this team they, they have been able to elicit a few results out of that tony and they did need to slow down the pace a little bit because they could not go in a track meet with some of these teams that are just more skilled than them so there is they did need to simplify a bit but to your point as much as I love Mark Andre Fleury, the only highlights of the game shouldn't be him having to make robberies on you know Colorado's top goal scorers. So that means we're not getting any quality looks. It's like okay, yeah, sure, they might be doing some things right and putting it to the right area. And oh, a redirect just goes wide, but that's not like a highlight real goal. It's not like a oh my god, we made Francois made an absolute beauty of a save tonight. That never fucking happened. It's boring. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you, Ron. You got to chime in on this one. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, like, and maybe this kind of summarizes it. And I hate to single out one player, but like, it feels like the Sam Lafferty style of hockey. Like, he just, he was kind of a throwaway. Like, Pittsburgh got rid of him because, you know, it, it was literally just a, a throw in saying, hey, Nylander gets to change the scenery and maybe he gets a shot to, you know, hang with the Hawks. And maybe they wanted to give him the look that maybe they initially thought Curtis Gabriel was going to have when they acquired him. Like, but it just feels like it's like, ah, so this is what we're watching. Like like we said, Tony, like if the, the big guns aren't scoring, this team's not fun to watch. You know, especially with, you know, players like Dominic Kubelik and Kirby Doc 
And these guys that we expected to be quality middle six players and, and contributors on this team this season, and they're not. And, and, and some of that, too, can be contributed, obviously, to the roster construction, but also to kind of the Derrick King style of play. Nick Olchek pointed out on the broadcast tonight, you know, the, the goals per game allowed has decreased almost a full goal since King took over. It is a much more defensively sound structure. And if you like good defensive hockey, you're at least enjoying the seeing, you know, Murphy and DeHaan and, and McCabe and Jones play well. You know, Riley Stillman stepping up for the Hawks during the time when, uh, you know, the other guys went down. Like, there's still – there's some promise on the blue line, so that's good to see. But, like, well, holy see, hell, they Ron, don't wanna, have the forwards to to give you that timely scoring to play that type of stuff. I want to dig into the, to the Seth Jones thing here just for a second because – you talk about promise on the blue line and then you look at Seth Jones and you look at what you're strapped with for so many years. Do you guys want a little bit more offense out of Seth Jones? Yeah. I want more goals. I want more goals out of Seth Jones. Like, sorry. I I know defensemen aren't known for, you know, scoring goals, but you see plenty of other guys do it around the league. If we had to have this guy, why the fuck isn't he putting up more goals? Seriously? I, I, I will be as demanding of him as much money as the Blackhawks are paying him. So that's where you're like, you look at where the money's tied up. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Seth Jones. I don't see Seth Jones coming across my Twitter timeline enough to justify his fucking salary. I'm sorry. There's not enough Seth Jones and, in Blackhawks jersey you know, highlights. This just speaks to how bad the contract is, Tony, because he has been playing pretty damn well. I mean, he was a last man in candidate for the all-star team. He has, you know, 25 points, three goals, I think 22 assists. Um, I believe that at least the last time I checked, might be bumped up one more if he had one in between that period. But he has actually been playing, been playing pretty well. But even that, not nearly enough to justify what he's being paid. Well, and he, he's being played right now like a franchise player. And you look around the NHL and how often that your superstars that are getting the most money are obviously so for right reasons. But then you see what hurts teams, right? And what contractually hurts teams. And it's those times that they bet on a player that isn't producing to what they're being paid. And not to say that Seth Jones is a complete waste of money, but to your both of your guys' points, when you're getting paid nine and a half million and you're the third largest average annual value contract on the roster you're expected to step up and contribute in a way that more most of the other defensemen aren't going to and yeah he is the the offensive style guy on that blue line but I agree he's in the prime of his career in terms of age and now is the time to really make the Hawks say hey at least we paid nine and a half for this guy instead of oh boy we paid nine and a half for this guy and I think right now we're we're not quite to the holy hell point but we're at least at a point, like you said, Johnny, and even you, Tony, right. like I, we can demand a little more out of a guy that should be that workhorse on the blue. Yeah, I just want to, at least with my comments, supplement it with that. I'm. It's not that I think Seth Jones is bad or he hasn't done positive things. He does plenty of positive things, but he's done a lot. I need it all, right? I mean, if he's $500,000 away from a Patrick Kane-type contract, why is he not in commercials? Why is he not plastered all over everything? Why is he not Superman? I mean, that it, that's that's my question. Why is he not that guy right now for the Hawks? Why is he not bringing them up to the next level? Yeah, you're, you talk about last man in for the All-Star game. Patrick Kane didn't make the All-Star game this year. It was Debrinket. And so right now you've got $30 million worth of players that couldn't crack an All-Star game. 
Yeah, and not that that's the end all. No, it's all, not. But I, it's I agree. It's it's a concerning problem. It's the premise and what you're driving at that you're not getting what you need from these top guys, yes. and it's you know, it's. It's frustrating here uh, as we go along, guys. Uh, that, that I think that wraps up. That's Blackhawk status check. That's where we are, and we're just going to continue to be frustrated here. But hopefully we get you laugh along the way a little bit. Um, that, that's kind of the goal here, too. So we'll try and share out, uh, you know, memes, humor uh, as we can. Uh, make sure you're following Four Feathers Pod on Twitter and Instagram and on Tap Sportsnet. Um, guys, let's move on next uh, st- uh category that we have here is injuries uh, after the status check kind of flows away from that. Um, We've got, you know, just as the Blackhawks are starting to get healthy here, uh, they had gotten everyone back from the COVID list on Thursday. Over the weekend, three guys go on IR. You've got Jujar Kara, Riley Stillman, Kevin uh, Kevin Lykanen now with a hand, and he's expected to miss two to three weeks here. Um, all these suck, uh, but Stillman was just playing well, Ron, as you highlighted in an article not too long before uh, when they had other guys in the back end out with COVID, and now Kevin Lykanen. He had just gotten back into action for the first time in over a month. Now he's out. On the shelf, two, three weeks, hand injury. We didn't even really see when it happened. He finished that whole game uh, on Saturday night at Minnesota. So, guys, these injuries fucking suck. What What are you guys going to miss the most uh, from these guys or uh, what are we being deprived of here with, with these guys out? I, I think, Johnny, it's, it's kind of a long – I'm going to use your words to describe it. It's like these guys just got back. It feels like some of these guys are just starting to hit their stride. And Stillman the, was for sure, dude. Yeah, Stillman was. I think even Lincoln was. I mean, we haven't seen him at all this year, and this is a Fuck, guy Lincoln that was just getting back into the mix. Like I right. said, like he, had, he didn't even have a chance to even get like exactly. into a stride. <laughs> right, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. And I think I think that just hurts the Hawks' even development for the future because again, we sit here and, and think Kevin Lincoln is at least for even if he's the bridge goalie to whoever the next great Hawks goalie is like. He's going to probably be looked at next year as a starter if Marc Andre Fleury isn't in a Blackhawks uniform again. So, like, there is a lot of concern there where he's not getting that work because of COVID and now because of an injury. And it's upsetting to see because I think he's a guy that would be able to give flower breaks and maybe the goaltending as a whole would be even better than it already is. You know, but when you're hurt and, you know, things are going on, I don't think Soderblom is ready to be an NHL goalie at this point. And I don't, who knows if he ever is one, but. It's, we know Kevin Lankin can stick in the show, and he just needs to be able to be healthy enough to play. And even Ky- Kyra, I like when he's out on the ice. Sure, maybe he's not the most skilled player in the world, but he's oh, truly a good fourth-line player. Let, Ron, let me push back on you real quick here, and that is that uh, I actually have an opposite take when it comes to Jujar Kara here, and that Sam Lafferty shows how dispensable Jujar Kara is. I don't need mm-hmm. to see Jujar Kara ever play another game for the Blackhawks again. The only thing he has on Sam Lafferty is a little bit heavier of a shot, a little bit better of a release, but Sam Lafferty's faster. He's more responsible defensively. He can get to his positions better because he's faster, so he's better positionally. And yeah, you, like you said, it's a boring game. It's whatever, but that's what Jujar Kara was brought in for that bottom six role there. Um, right. I hate to say it about an injured guy, and I hope Jujar Kara gets better. And I think, you know, when he's out there, yes, he has a big frame. He can lay the lumber a little bit, but he is slow. All right. Mm-hmm. And Sam Lafferty proves Jujar Kara is expendable. There's a hot take here. No, and that's fair. And I think that goes to show kind of the, the going back to the state of the Hawks that, you know, we are addressing here tonight is right now with we, we do have eyes on that trade deadline because it's like, are they going to try and make a ton of moves? Is 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 Davidson going to try and get rid of maybe some of the, you know, I call it the the Bowman mistakes? He did it with Nylander. You know, he, he's done it with some of these other things. Are they going to try and get rid of some of these guys? 
or are they just going to try and like wait around? And, you know, I've seen, you know, contradicting reports, but like, or are they just going to wait around until they have another face and like kind of a guaranteed um, direction, I guess, in that front office going forward before they really start to try and actually improve this hockey club? What would you do, Ron, if you're Davidson? What would you do? Put I mean, yourself in the GM shoes for a second here. I'm going to ask hire, Johnny the same thing. Hire an actual GM. Sorry. Not to rag on Kyle Davidson here, but I'd go hire someone with experience. Let him oh, do sure. It. I, and I would I would be okay with Davidson sticking around and getting maybe even another year as the GM, but then they need a president of hockey ops that is above Johnny's him. saying absolutely not to this. Oh, and, and, and fair. But How long uh, do we want to wait around, guys? How long do we want to dick oh, around with this totally shit? Totally fair. Same thing next year. Come on. Right. Hire, hire someone who's going to actually press some buttons here. Sure. That's what I would do. And that's my simple answer. I really can't even – I don't know who. I don't have the candidate list in front of me. That's what I'd do, though, because if I was trusting an interim role, I'd be like, we need someone who's better at the job here. And not saying that Kyle Davidson's done a bad job since he hasn't had to make too, too many moves, but you're going to have the trade deadline coming up. Maybe in over his head may not be, you might pull off some good moves. That'd be great. And that would probably be a good builder for him, but we just don't know right now. We don't have that. So in my, in that position right now, just to answer Tony's question, I'd go on that search, hire someone who has the experience to do so. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Like I, and I think that's fair. And I think, but it, I'm what becomes discouraging, though, kind of, you know, again, to our points, let's let's talk about another part of the organization that's been infuriatingly, infuriatingly inconsistent is the ownership right now. And what, what where why aren't you guys trying to hire somebody right now? Like if they do want to have a president of hockey ops and a GM, why isn't the president of hockey ops at least in position right now? Because even if Davidson's your interim GM and they give him the rest of the year then that person can make the decision on who's going to report to them, be that GM underneath them. And if it's not going to be Davidson to your point, Johnny, then they can go get that guy that they want to work with the president. You know, whether that president is somebody like a Kevin do you want Meeks. the Do you want the Blackhawks after dark answer here? The four feathers after dark answer here, Ron, is because I think they still have a black eye. Fair. I mean, they were, they were promoting their, you know, position that they had open for director of PR Basically, right after the Jenner and Block report, you saw a bunch of really high-profile executives leave an organization. They might not be able to just go out and get that GM right now because there's not enough time and distance removed from this. I think that's where they're kind of stuck, guys. Like, that's – I mean, it's dark, but that's kind of where I feel that this is. You've got guys in interim spots right now because – no one, no one wants to touch it. Yeah, we we do a lot of just like internal sort of analyzing this team, just because you know that's what we are at Four Feathers Podcast fans, the Blackhawks. But you got to look at it from an NHL scope, and everyone externally looking at the Blackhawks, like you said, Tony, there's still the black eye on them. Yeah, and I think that that's that's hurting them more from a actual on the ice product thing than like we can kind of really conceptualize. Because as a fan, I sit here and watch this every day that it's on and I'm sitting here and it's kind of just becoming kind of mundane. It's, it's not the same experience as it was. We got into this with the last uh, four feathers episode. We're, we're breaking down broadcasters and who's going to be good. And then seeing this Nick Olchek story. Yeah, we got more of that coming up. So don't we be got more of that. it. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to air it all out, but like that's something that's like worthwhile talking about as a Hawks fan right now. I'd rather be talking about how great it is that, you know, 
Tavo Teravainen just scored, you know, the next goal for the Blackhawks, but he was shipped off years ago, and you're still reeling from that because you haven't recovered. Yeah, they they haven't they haven't been able to stock the talent pool the way they needed to. They were able to carry the team with the big guns for a few years, and now those big guns aren't able to carry the way they used to be. And now this is what we get. This is what we see from an on-ice perspective. And when you're not playing well, like you said, that black eye looks even worse. And then it just it continues to bleed into everything else that involves the organization. And then you start to wonder, okay, well, what, what is the direction? And when do they recover from this? Because right now, who knows when that's going to be. Could you imagine if this was the Chicago Bears? Look at what's going on across town with the Chicago Bears and the, and the GM and the head coach hire. Technically, right now, if the Blackhawks were getting the same amount of press coverage as the Chicago Bears were, this would have all sorts of heat all, all over it. This wouldn't fly. There's, I think there's layers to that, Tony, because I think one thing the Bears are getting a lot of heat for is the incompetency of the longstanding ownership there. And don't get me wrong. Yes, sure, the, the Wurtzes are still in place there, but... The whole upper brass has removed, and granted, different situations. Theirs is a, just a failure in product on the field. The NFL is such a you know uh, fire and brimstone sort of uh, affair. But at the same time, the Blackhawks did actually clear out some of that. So that would be the starting I, I point think... because the media the media loved to speculate about the oh this person needs to go, this person needs to go. But they do a terrible job at saying who should step up and who should do it next. And I get it; that's the organization's job. Um, to do so, and the Blackhawks are still figuring out that situation, Tony. But yeah, I agree. Just from like the, the results standpoint and the yes. direction, future, what we talked about, the the cupboard is bare, the Sunday is melted on the fucking ground, all that shit. Yeah, it would be amplified like that if they got the same coverage. So, like I said, there's just layers to it to me. Yeah, I'm just at, at this point right now. It feels to me as if you know, if you compare the two teams, you're running with Ted Phillips and George McCaskey making your GM shots. And calling out everything right there, just interim. And then, you know, your head coach is your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, whoever it is. We don't need Matt Nagy, and we're going to run through the whole season with it. That wouldn't fly. Like, you're not going to go name somebody interim over there. And then you come up on, a like, the, the most impactful trade deadline where you actually have assets that you can move. And I think bringing this back a little bit, you look at Kevin Lykin. Kevin, you can move. <laughs> <laughs> sorry you have one asset you can legitimately move for a legitimate return like, you might be able to be get real. something what for dominic kubelik we, we dude we i said legitimate return I'm well legitimate like, re return but that's a crucial decision yeah, right now tra trade offer you yeah. get dylan strom henrik borgstrom or dominic kubelik i get dog shit draft capital that meme that i made for us yeah that's that's a real thing. The only one that it doesn't apply to is flower. Okay, so that's you're just making me feel fucking worse about what's going on here. The more we talk, Ron, say something positive, please. See, unfortunately, unless we're talking about the broadcasting crew, I don't think I can. I think that's just where I'm at right now with this team. I think a lot of people are at with this team because, yeah, you know, we we are just frustrated. We're frustrated with this mech play on the ice and. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too down on a guy like Derek King because I think he's done a lot of good as a head coach. But again, this like no certainty of the future and this bad look on the organization in terms of the, you know, the PRI, you know, and then you still have bad product on the ice. And that just does not bode well and it does not combine well for 
like you guys said, any excitement around the Chicago Blackhawks right now. At least there's generation around the Bears, too, because they have a quarterback like Justin Fields. And they have the, that optimism there of maybe there is something there for the future. But also the kind of the saltiness and, you know, as we see, uh, you know, it bears on tap and with our friend Buzz, you know, the like, oh, well, they're going to screw it up again and they're going to get it wrong. And that that's such a narrative. Like right now with this Hawks team, none of us, none of us have really witnessed a huge change in power until now. I don't want them to be part of that narrative of they're going to fuck it up again. That's yeah. I think right. you hit hey, on something. To, Tony, I don't I don't either, but this is and this is not anything against Kyle Davidson and his abilities because I just don't know. He's only been on the job since you know the, the whole um cleaning house happened earlier this season. But I have a just a gut feeling. I have no basis for this in reports or whatever, possible returns or anything. But I feel like with the trade deadline, even if you do ship off flower and whatever, all the stuff that you get back, whether that be draft picks or a player in return in NHL ready or, you know, prospect just about to crack the league. Um, I feel like they're all just going to be that typical like Blackhawks kind of burnout, right? Like you get the kind of guy that comes up and impresses for a year and then, okay, then it's, you know, fall off the plateau. So, okay. Yeah. You're, you know, whatever pick your first round pick, even that you got for uh Mark Andre flurry, whatever teams it was, it was the 21st overall pick. And that guy is just kind of a, you're in hinting between, on the same Chicago in, be- in between Rockford and Chicago. You want guys to come up and fucking yeah. rock. Yeah. Exactly. You want guys to come up and show rocks. I'm impatient. Shit. I want, I want immediate, yes, immediate, immediate gratification. gratification. Yeah. Yes. I want to draft Connor McDavid every single fucking year. Yes. And he should come up just the same way that Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tafe did and become generational players. Go all in or or, or what are you doing? That's yeah. kind of how I feel right yeah, now with come this on. team. Come on, Kyle Davidson. Just be lucky, dude. Come just on. Play this like yeah. you're playing an NHL 22 franchise. Like, what are you going to go out yeah, there and get? Like, what are you manipula- going to do? Manipulate fate. Get a time machine. You know, predict the future. Where's Let's do Peter Chiarelli when you fucking need him? Yeah. shit i mean it it, it is such just like you know we it's they need some luck right now too really is what it feels like and i think we all thought we had that and a guy like kirby doc and you know not to say that again he's 20 he just turned 21 like it's not like his career's over but like that immediate gratification that we all want you know, when your number three right. overall pick from I, two years ago isn't producing, it's all right. concerning. Yeah, no, okay, now that we're on that, I know we've kind of tailed off here. This all started with injury talk, but it kind of brought up, you know, issues of depth and who can replace who on the roster here and whatever. Um, so that's where we're at here, if, you, if you're just joining us here on the live stream. But um, a positive, Tony, you asked for a positive. It took me a while to get it, but I still do believe in Kirby Doc. I'm not ready to give up on him. A lot of people are, and it's understandable. I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm impatient, too, as I just talked about. I want guys to come up and immediately you know, rake in baseball, score goals in hockey, whatever it may be. But you talked about Kevin Lykanen having a setback, Ron. Was that you right about him not being able to with the COVID and then the injuries and whatever? Well, guess what happened to Kirby Doc yeah. last year in a huge development year? He was injured, and the Rest season injured. was shortened as it was. So he only got a very, very small chunk there. So you're seeing kind of that like hangover into this of his development, and I feel like he could be in for a breakout year next year. So there's your positive thought of the night on four feathers. Cherish it, Tony, because we might only get one. Joyful until, until the broad, until the broadcast. <laughs> I love, I love, I love joyful Johnny sessions. Ron, yeah. do you have do you have a positive to follow up with that? Because I got something to say uh, in response to Johnny's stuff here, but I'll I'll give you the floor. 
I do. And in, in, in that sense, I also agree with Johnny. I, I really am. I have not lost faith in Kirby Doc. I think he can still be a good NHL player. I think people just need to have a little patience with him in the sense of, like Johnny said, last year was already shortened. And the year prior that he only got, you know, they only played, what, 70 games before the official yeah, shutdown I think, happened? I think it was 71, yeah. Yeah. And he had a great bubble. You know, I mean, he he was he was strong in there and he showed a lot of promise. And then the wrist injury and then that really delayed him and the shortened season didn't help either because he only played what not even 20 games i think so like you know it, it, this really is kind of a development year for him and they haven't been using him in in those situations and when they have they they've done, demoted him and he's been a third line center and it's like this guy needs to be playing either first or second line minutes like why is henrik borstrom playing up with with kane and and cat right now this is a guy that should be playing with him because at least if you're going to go down with the ship this year that experience for Kirby Doc is only going to make him better. It really feels like they they don't have a sense of future right now and direction. And it's like, why would you put this third overall pick? Unless is Kyle Davidson an anti Kirby Doc guy in that front office and was when they drafted him and like it, all of a sudden now is like not worried about him being in part of the future. Hold the fuck up! Didn't Tony ask for a positive, and we're talking yeah. about this? Yeah, I know it's fun now. really bad. I mean, he's just he's in he's <laughs> in Ron's fun. spin zone right now. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Like you could have just said, like you know, Kirby Doc's gonna score thirty goals next year, and like no, and I, I think, just fully believe but, it. And I would have been like, "Fuck Ron, you got me, wait, 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 you got me sold." <laughs> let's let's backtrack here. Ron's agreed with me and said he's still believe in Kirby Doc, and then went down this rabbit hole about him not fucking. I get it. You're listing factors here about yeah no right and that's what i mean and so like i think i think that's what four feathers after dark brings you people yes it really does (laughs) but like i think that's why the rest of the season now i think the trade deadline could be important to a guy like kirby doc because guess what if you trade hetrick borkstrom Derek king can't play him on the first line so you have to play a guy like kirby doc out there and he needs to be up there because I really, I do believe in him as a player that can make a difference in the future of this team. He just needs to be able to given the opportunity to develop because he's had so little time to do so, so far in his career. So I am also still in on Kirby Doc. Like if I have to go a little bold prediction session here for a guy like Kirby Doc, I, next, I think next year he can be like a 25 and 60 player and give you 80 points and all of a sudden give you a little sense of hope for the future that son of a bitch, here's the big center that they drafted that they hope would be the next Ryan Getzlaff-esque player. You know, he's getting back to that and doing, you know, what it takes to at least give the Hawks some faith because I'm not going to lie. If your top two centers going into the next two or three years are Doc and Reichel that both perform like first round draft picks, I'm a little more excited about Blackhawks hockey for the future than I am at this current moment. So I, 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 I still believe in Kirby Doc. I love him. Right. I have his jersey, and I, I don't want to put it in the uh, list of reject jerseys that I have. Ron's, uh, Ron's investments are uh, at right, stake. All right, here. all right, all right, yes, all right, all right, guys. I just, I, I just had a thought. Now, since Kirby Doc just turned 21 not too long ago, right? So he has to live in the states, playing for the Blackhawks. Obviously, he could drink before in Canada, but now he can legally drink. He's finally going to add to that frame by adding on some beer weight. Yes. There's, there's, <laughs> there's the silver. That's lighting. the positive that I've been looking for. Yeah. This entire time. Who knew I think, it would come from negative money, too? I, yeah. I, I think the problem here for me is that this team lacks a personality. 
Yes, they lack a soul, Tony. They don't. They lack a soul. a soul, and I'm, I want to dig in. We need to send the Blues Brothers in there to inject yes. soul into they them. Lack, they lack a certain thing that we call around on tap Sportsnet as cool and tough. Yeah. Right now, I think the Blackhawks organization is a little bit lame and weak in the sense that you used to have a 20 year old Patrick Kane who was totally cool with tearing the town up and scoring. You know, backhander goals, top shelf, going down dirty, getting shit done. You had Brent Seabrook there and Duncan Keith to kind of coach him along. And now you've got Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, the only thing that's left there. You don't have Joel Quinville. You don't have Dennis Savard smoking 14 cigarettes in between every intermission and coming back in there and yelling at dudes. You got Derek King in his snazzy suit. And yeah, that's a cool story for about five fucking minutes. This team lacks Chicago cool and tough, a hundred percent. And when you're paying nine point five million fucking dollars to Seth Jones, who's not gonna finish his fucking check so that he can wind up on a highlight reel, I've got a real problem with this team. I know I'm I could be yeah. crucified for this rant, but this team no. lacks like an AJ Perzinski White Sox style badass or an Andrew so- Shaw who rolled through Chicago during the cup years where there was just storylines. There's no storylines here. Yeah. Tony, give I me storylines. I think it started off. Okay. With Seth Jones. Cause they paraded him. Remember they brought him to the Cubs game. They took him on the riverboat tour and they like him and Caleb were there. And that was kind of like they dropped it off. Yeah. They like, just kind of like it fell off the face of the earth and Seth Jones, like barely ever speaks to the media. And he's like, you know, kind of like not featured on Blackhawks, like social media and shit. So there's no like, vibe of the personality there and i don't that's know important like, not that, to not me. That, it, that's it, important to me as it's a, a fan as a fan experience it absolutely is i guess like you know i feel like they could do more with brandon hagel too i feel like he's just being underutilized there because totally. he has some of that tony he does he does and that's what this team misses and i think that this is a byproduct of how good john mcdonough was at marketing this has nothing to do with any of the other stuff but john mcdonough ran that team from a social media standpoint in this day and age and from just marketing the guys that were part of those cup teams, this is a less you, like you knew what of, each of the core was about, right? Yes. You and knew Patrick you Sharp connect. was the pretty boy, the sniper. Yes. You knew Patrick Kane was just an unbelievable playmaker. Jonathan Taves, Captain who is Dom- right? So I'm going to ask you the Brent same question. Seabrook, who is Dominic Kubelik? The- I have no fucking yeah. clue. He's some former seventh rounder of the LA Kings that Stan kind of swiped up in a, you know, kind of half savvy who's trade. He, who's Hendrick Borgstrom? <laughs> yeah. He's this six all started three, with, you know? and this, I go back, this all started with David Kampf. Just bringing down the level of like where we're going to extract some Black, of this stuff out of it. Blackhawks D zone is going to have your have your head, man. I know that's what I'm coming for. <laughs> <laughs> but no, do you guys yeah, feel no, the same like, way? Like I'm, yeah, I just no, don't I feel do. as connected it's, to the team. It's the stale. Team. It's lame. It's weak. Yeah. The and team, obviously the results play a factor in that too, Tony. Because if we were winning sure. right now, I'm sure you'd find some good. Well, that I also is, you know, kind of a hand in hand because some guys would be doing some cool and tough shit to be able to uh, enable some more wins. So. I don't know, but give me Lance Lynn. Just skate Lance Lynn on the on the on the blue line, Johnny, for like a day. And he'll give you a quote that we'll talk about more than what anybody's <laughs> gonna do on the blue line for the rest of the year. Like where's where is where is this version of a team's like Frank Schwindel, who's just like nobody believes is a real person because he's Either the fuck a is that Uns, unsung hero or tough guy. <laughs> Sorry, they need something. I don't know no, who they, Frank they Schwindel do, yeah. is either, no, but 
They do, um, but they need they need a story. They need a player that can be a story. And like and guys like a personality that's infectious that people enjoy. Think about all those Blackhawks teams when they were so deep and like you said, how they were marketed. Everybody knew Chris Versteeg's personality. Everybody yes, knew but he you okay, know. so slack Chris Versteeg in for today's 2022 Blackhawks guy. There isn't one. No, there isn't. That's the problem. Or if we're there talking is, about third we don't and fourth know line who guys is. who we have no idea what they're what they're all about, who they are, because they're not doing anything impactful on the ice outside of yeah. just filling up a stat sheet. The, and then they're not marketed the right way, like, and they're not winning, so it's a perfect disaster. Yeah, Tony, it, you know, like I try to like at least like play into like some shticks, like when we when we have our forefathers posts, and you know when we're talking about guys that make impact plays or whatever may happen. I guess the best thing that I could ever like come up with of the guy like Sam Lafferty. Um, was his hockey DB bug shot, right? And it's like, I need more to work with than that. <laughs> 100%. Like, and and we, I feel like we, we're, we're getting robbed of it. Like, why aren't we getting to see Calvin DeHaan talk about his love for beer because he owns a brewery back home? Like, why? This is the same organization that, like, literally had Brandon Bolick go viral and John yeah. Scott. Like we don't have I, that anymore. All right, guys, this is this might be like you know it may, it may be one that I get crucified for, but it's four F after dark here. But did they feel like they can't have fun af- in the aftermath of the uh, investigation findings? It, it, I feel like they're just not allowed to be way. like you know besides Even the yeah besides fun? The, like there's still a team like some of the people who are here. I'll get I'll I'll jump right on the same bandwagon with you. This is still a team. This is still a business that needs to be marketed to its consumer. Yes, everything that happened was terrible. There's the people who have or who were accountable for it have left the organization. They they have become so stodgy with everything that we did a whole hour on who the broadcast replacements are going to be. That's not a good spot to be in an organization when you've got three dudes from the suburbs spending an hour on a podcast talking about your broadcast replacements and how bad this is. Thanks. You want to call a spade a spade, Ron? That's my double down on it. Yeah. All right. Make Blackhawks cool and tough again is the kind of uh, just that I got from that. All right. That's what you get on Four Feathers After Dark here. We appreciate everyone tuning in here. Uh, Brad Mason, thanks for chiming in here. He said, uh, Kublik lives in my building. We talk a ton. We run into each other. That's pretty cool. That'd be cool. I would like to know Dominic Kublik on a personal basis, but I'd also like him to uh, score a few more slap shot goals uh, so we could post the just fucking crank it meme more often. So let's yes. get back to uh, Kubi on the power play there uh, in the right circle. So guys, um, as we, you know, we talked about all this kind of stuff here, this whole uh, spiraling out of control sort of topic uh, cyclone that we just went through. But I'm glad we did. There, there's a lot of uh, good stuff that we hit on there. Uh, let's talk about something that will be fun. And, you know, since the Blackhawks aren't going to generate something exciting for us, I'm going to generate something exciting for us. And that's Hotel UC, guys. Uh, we got rescheduled games. Uh, rescheduled dates for the games that were postponed at the end of December. And I have a bunch of them, basically all the, uh, all the home games that were there that got rescheduled now are moved to February. And I had all four of them, um, or excuse me, three of them that will be in February. There's one that's in April later, but the three that are in February are all on one weekend guys. Uh, it is Thursday, 17th against Columbus, Friday, the 18th against Dallas, Sunday, the 20th against Florida. I'm seriously going to see if I can just like get a uh, 200 level like suite there and just, uh, you know, stay there. Hotel UC for the weekend. What do you guys think? 
I fully support that idea. I think that would be incredible. And the amount of uh, Johnny Nani counts that we'd get of you waking up and seeing them have morning skate on the ice as you uh, eat your hot dog for breakfast that you get from the concession stand in the 200 level. Um, that would be cool and tough. And I would truly enjoy that. But that's going to be a lot of fun, honestly. Like it's a Blackhawks weekend. And I, I feel like, you know, we as four feathers, just somebody needs to have that kind of Blackhawks weekend and just feel good about watching some hockey and enjoying it. I also might be there on the 17th too with you, Johnny, because uh, as we always like to say here, hashtag confirmed the uh, weekend starts on Thursdays per yeah. our Bobby Margarita. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it could be a lot of fun and maybe again, maybe that's just something as Blackhawks fans that we can get up for because right now, you know, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been, we've been in our feels about this hockey team a little bit here tonight, but let's get excited to be back at the UC and taking in some Blackhawks hockey. I just, I'm just imagining like if we just had a production person who could pop Bobby Margarita onto our screen right now, how happy I would be every single time he gets mentioned. And I lost my entire train of thought. So that's where I'm at right now. Hashtag confirmed. Hashtag confirmed. <laughs> per Frank, confirmed by Bobby. Bobby Margarita. I'm going to make that happen. We're going to we're yeah, gonna we, figure out a way to do this. I'm going to yeah, get we'll, Bobby Margarita yeah, we'll integrated get, into this show. It's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, check it. Like I said, I said earlier, but at Four Feathers Pod, Twitter, Instagram, make sure you ch- check that stuff frequently because you'll see Bobby Margarita pop up on there and we'll be confirming things like when the weekend vendor starts and the weekend starts on Thursday folks. So that'll be my uh, hotel UC weekend. I can't wait. That's going to be hilarious. Um, I will be there, you know, just uh, frequent. I, I think uh, me and the beer guy, uh, my section in 324, Anthony, that guy is awesome. I love him. Shout out if he would ever hear a uh, four feathers episode here, but man, uh, me and him are going to be absolute bros by the end of the weekend. All right, let me give you the rundown though, of these rescheduled games. Uh, the one at Edmonton, uh, we'll just go in uh, order of the new dates here. One at Edmonton was originally scheduled for January 18th. That is now February 9th, uh, 6 p.m. Central at St. Louis, January 30th, original date. That's bumped back, so the Hawks don't have to play a back-to-back on that weekend there. Um, That's 7 p.m. on February 12th now at St. Louis. And then the home stretch, or excuse me, another one on the road at Winnipeg, December 29th was the original date. That's Valentine's Day. Uh, You know, your Blackhawks lovers out there, uh, 8 p.m. on Valentine's Day, February 14th. That's the new date for Winnipeg. Are Um, are you at that game, Johnny? No, that is at Winnipeg. That was one of the road games. You're not getting a date and and taking her out to Winnipeg? No, I I do not want to go to Manitoba. I am sorry. That just seems like a great place for you to you know, maybe Toronto or Montreal, Toronto or Montreal, I may, but dude, Winnipeg, I'm sorry. I don't have much good to say about Winnipeg. Give me the camera following Johnny around on a, on yeah. a Blackhawks date up in, in I don't Manitoba. Know if, I don't yeah, know if Johnny, Johnny wants to do that because he'd be, he'd be stuck with that person for two weeks if he got COVID because. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like, uh, and that's like why these games, that's I'm getting through the schedule here. And that's like why those games at Edmonton and Winnipeg were moved because it was sure like the team itself might not have had COVID issues like the other ones before, right around uh, Christmas and the holiday season when that was, you know, cases were spiking all over the place. This is just because the Canadian government was still limiting capacity 
um, at these games and they want to, you know, make their money off of it. These teams do. So the NHL tried to facilitate that and reschedule these games. So that's why they're bumped back. So at least maybe, uh, I don't know exactly what the rules are when the restrictions lift or ease, uh, but there'll at least be some fans in the game. I know that there was like 50% at some of these there, um, but that wraps up like the road portion there. Now for the home games uh, that were there, like the ones I just mentioned there, that Columbus is now on, February 17th, that Thursday versus Dallas, Friday the 18th, back to back there, both 7.30 starts versus Florida, the 20th, yeah, the 20th of February, 2 p.m. start there, not one of those six o'clock starts, 2 p.m. Um, and then versus Calgary, that's the lone one that is not February makeup during that Olympic break. Uh, that will be later in April, the 18th, 7 p.m. Uh, from that December 13th, the very first game, the Blackhawks got postponed. So that's a rundown of it, guys. Um, it will be, it's disappointing to not have the Olympics because that is just a very cool event. You know, it's rare because, you know, you can see NHL hockey, 82 games for each team every year, yada, yada, playoffs, and the Olympics are only here and there. I would still miss the NHL during that two-week break, though, right? So I'm kind of glad that we're going to have this here to be a little bit selfish and that they're not going to the Olympics. So that's just my take. The Olympics Olympics are hard, too, especially given where the Olympics are, right? Because, like, the year it's in Vancouver – we're getting pretty normal start times on all those hockey games and actually being able to enjoy them, you know, when it's even a nine o'clock start in Chicago or an eight o'clock start in Chicago, when it's like a 2 a.m. start because they're over in China, it's like, you know, and even if you're watching the replay, but then like the replay probably airs at like a weird time. And then like, so it is hard to really enjoy it. And if they were over there and there was no NHL, it would be kind of a quiet two weeks. I mean, we would, we would probably be talking a lot about the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, here on Four Feathers, you know, versus the Chicago Blackhawks. So I agree with you, Johnny. I think it's going to be nice just consistently having hockey through February and not the, a two-week hiatus. I feel like we got our hiatus around the holidays because of all the postponements. So uh, it'll be nice seeing the Hawks back yeah, in action, and we'll we'll have something consistent Hawks, to talk about. Hawks, at least with their setup, I know a lot of not every team had this, but the Hawks basically had that two-week break at the end of February, and I was pissed, dude. I had friends coming back home for all those games. Um and I was going to like be meeting up with them around the holidays and they go and, you know, I love the light show that they do in the atrium for, you know, pregame atrium, pregame school and stuff. Um, I always love that stuff. Didn't get to experience any of that. So now I'm just going to have myself a weekend at the UC hotel UC. So that's where that is. If I'm the uh, like Olympic committee, I don't know why the hockey is still classified as a winter sport. Just make it a summer sport. You know that your top players are playing in the NHL. If you really want to IHF worlds are in May, June, July. I don't know when the uh, actual summer Olympics are held, but uh, I don't know. Just the best thing for hockey would for it to be not in season. So well, you it, can have those guys participate. Yeah. I think the Olympics, I agree with you, Johnny. Like I don't want the NHL to go on a two week hiatus so that everybody can travel overseas, deal with COVID issues. Now come back it's it's too complicated it's too complicated if you want to grow the sport you want it to be part of the olympics you got to find a time for the olympics to play where hockey is not going to be impacted in the nhl form simple as that yeah and i think something that this is why like the success of the world cup of hockey was so interesting because you had all your greatest players competing in this this crack them crack them um, in this event that was held out of season and it allowed them to play on the grand stage because they weren't interfering with a season. And like, I think that's, that's like a ramp up to preseason, right? Yeah, it like was. That. 
I, baseball the, did it with the World Baseball Classic too, and you can right. see how well that plays out when oh, it's did, not did, in season. Didn't they play that in like mid February, Tony? Mm-hmm. Late January to mid February, yeah. And I think it's an incredible idea. It's the it's basically the Olympics just focused on one sport. But is yeah, it really I, the I Olympics mean, when when you don't have your could, best there? That's dude, that's a debate could, in and of itself. Like, all right, if we're getting real four feathers after dark here, I'm sorry. This is no disrespect to any athlete that participates. Winter Olympics, I really couldn't give a shit outside of hockey, luge, and uh, um, curling. To be just perfectly fucking frank with you, did you put curling in your good category or in your you don't give a shit category? No, in my good. Those are my okay. three. All I, right. I was just making know, sure because curling and, is fucking. And you know what's fantastic. weird? It's like I, I love like skiing, like physically skiing, but I don't need to watch that shit. I don't need to watch people snowboarding, skiing, like all. That. I don't. I really don't care. I'd rather be watching hockey at that time, right? Yeah, yeah it's I mean, just per, it, that's personal opinion. Like, if I said, so disrespect who, to them, but no, that's why. That's it, incredibly, just getting, getting to your point about that, I would rather have it pointed towards one individual yes. kind of sport there and it's a cooler event at least from a fan experience right so if if i'm the olympics right now i'm solving this problem and i'm going to the world of you know the world cup of hockey and i'm saying i'm making that my olympic event instead of holding this every four years i'm going to put nbc and put the olympic rings around it and that's the olympics of hockey hmm. or the olympics of baseball yeah. You want your top athletes in there? Make it work. Figure it yeah. out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. All right, guys, that, that kind of wraps up on that. Uh, we were talking about that break there uh, in February. There will be hockey there. We just gave you those dates. You can go and check it out on tapsportsnet.com. Uh, we have those posted there as well when those makeup dates are. Um, let's go on to the next part here. We talked about having some positives here later in the show. Ron, it's your turn to shine. Thoughts on TV broadcast. Nick Olchek filled in for Eddie, uh, who, you know, had to unfortunately go to the hospital, which we just learned tonight. Uh, but that was on Saturday night for the game at Minnesota. Nick Olchek, his son, slid over from the radio uh, color position to the TV color position, filled in seamlessly alongside Pat Foley there. Uh, did an excellent job. Called the game uh, at Colorado tonight as well, along with Pat. Thought it was a great broadcast. And he is fucking... Sounds exactly like his dad. It's almost like he's got the same genetics or something, right? Yeah, right. It's almost like they, they're a father-son. But it, it really is a carbon copy. I mean, you know, there there are instances, whether it's athletes where a father-son play, um, you know, or other various things that can be seen, like the actors, things like that. Like, each of them have, like, their own style. And not to say that Nick is not enjoyable because he sounds like his dad, but, like, it's it's a treat almost having the old checks because they are so good at what they do, uh, and it, it's fun to hear them talk. And, and and he breaks down hockey incredibly well. He played the game. He played it collegiately. Uh, I know. He, I think he messed around a little bit in the minor leagues as well, if I remember correctly. So, you know, he has that experience just like his dad does, and and, and he does a good job in in projecting onto it. I love it. Like I can close my 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 eyes and listen to the broadcast, and it really does like. You, you like I saw somebody tweet about Saturday's game and say like honestly it took me like 15 minutes of regular time and start that third period so you know the first eight minutes of the period or so to like actually realize that it wasn't Eddie it was his son right if, if you weren't um, there coming out of the intermission for the switch you may not too. have realized it right <laughs> you yeah may not have realized it. well that's and that's the crazy thing and like that just goes to show a how like well polished he is to be as good to like 
be able to keep up with. I mean, his dad is the lead guy on TNT for hockey coverage for a reason because he's good at what he does. So, like, that's that's a tip of the cap to Nick, uh, you know, really early in his broadcasting yeah, the, career now. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. I, I just wanted to say, like, I texted you guys tonight, and I have to share it on the show for our listeners here. The cadence and verbiage is exactly mm-hmm. the same. Some of the same sort of, you know, ways he breaks down a play in the way that he'll sit, you know, just kind of set up a whole situation. Like, for perfect example tonight, something I know Eddie would absolutely say. But in the first period, Philip Kershaw breaks his stick as he's coming in for a shot just over the left point there. Then at the same time, a guy for Colorado, uh, when they're going the other way, so they're in the second period, they're coming across there. Guy breaks his stick and right around the same spot, right along that blue line there. And the way that he just d- described the whole situation and saying, oh, there's something about that spot, kind of like a, a lighthearted sort of like, you know, uh, you know, kind of infliction to it. It was the exact same as what I expect from Eddie O. So, I mean, uh, his son, Nick, he, he did a great job. And uh, it's just ridiculous how much he sim- how similar he is uh, to his father. No, he really is. And he's, and he's good. He's, he's, he's fun to listen to. And again, as somebody who, I mean, not nearly at the level that they're doing it, but like somebody who's done it and appreciates the, I think really the art form that is broadcasting. Like it's, this is a nice little like fun story this year, like seeing some of these, these difference makers, obviously it's never going to be the same without Pat Foley, you know, going forward after this season. But like, it's fun seeing this new breath air, fresh air of like kind of the new school guys that are going to be the Hawks future in terms of those voices that we identify, like hopefully we we get excited in you know a couple of years from now when this team's in the playoffs, you know in that first round when they still have the local broadcast rights, like you know Nick Olchek having an incredible call, or you know whoever the new play by play becomes having an incredible call that's memorable and it's something that we like. I mean, how how many years ago was the Bannerman call, and yet that's still a, a legendary call from Pat Foley? You know, thirty something years later. Like that's what it's kind of exciting to know that like it seems like they've got some good people in the system per se, right? Of broadcasting, like to replace such a legend who I I I'm gonna dearly miss. So that's been something cool that I've enjoyed so far about this year. That's honestly what I enjoyed about tonight's game. You know, obviously getting shut out is 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 never the uh, the coolest or toughest thing they could do. But you know, hearing him kind of make his make his broadcast debut, right? Like we like team, like young debuts for, for players. Um, I don't think it's any different for broadcasters. It was really cool to see tonight. All right, Tony, fire off some thoughts. Cause I got one too, that just came to me as something that we were texting about before, but it, thoughts, Nikki Olchek, uh, his performance or any, any general thoughts on the broadcast. Cause I got one too, not related to Olchek. I already kind of said my piece on him, but go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go first while I collect my thoughts here. Not much to say on Olchek. I think you guys hammered that one home. I think that uh, just as a sports fan, as somebody who consumes a massive amount of sports, we had a huge uh, conversation on the last show. If you haven't listened to it, go back, check the last show where we talked about the broadcast booth. Season I think three, episode nine. Yes. I, I think that there's there's just I, – I don't want my kids to grow up and it's like Colby Cohen had the best call for – whatever this is it's like i i just feel like that's cheap compared to right. some of the things that i remember from like hawk harrelson or pat foley or john Lyman calling for me in the sports that i love i think that broadcasting just overall my personal opinion once again it's gone a different direction 
it's, yeah. it's, it's one, hard to swallow, man. Yeah, one, like, one that you're not too fond of. And that's all right. We're all no. allowed to have our own opinions here. But I, I have an observation, guys, um, because last time we talked, this was after that uh, disappointing Seattle Kraken game. Uh, we, we had talked shortly after that one, and that was a game in which uh, Vosters was on the play-by-play and Colby Cohen was on the color commentary. And we had some differing opinions about that. And I had, uh, you know, Ron had had some praise for those guys and he enjoys the combo and enjoys Vosters and I, we had kind of all given our takes there. So go back on our last episode. You can hear the full uh, segment of that, but opinion on Colby Colon here, even just over the last week has shifted a bit now with having, you know, the more normal crew back, obviously until Edzo got sick. Um, I've been enjoying Colby more in the studio and I think he fits better there. Yes. And they, the studio crew is finding a chemistry boils. Always just X. What? First of all, let's just, this is one of my takes. I will, I will die on this Hill. Pat Boyle is the best pre and post game host of any Chicago sports team. Any best in the city. Absolute best Pat Boyle, uh, better than Chuck Garfine on the Sox, better than whoever the fuck does it on marquee network. I'm not a Cubs fan, so I don't know. Um, better than any radio production that they, they do even for the Blackhawks there. Um, it's Pat Boyle hands down. So he's always great. Kaylee Chelios. I talked about her on the last episode. She does a very nice job transitioning over from that role. She had with the lightning and the color commentary on the radio there. Colby is better fit for the studio now. And I enjoy his observations from his, you know, you know, kind of sample size of playing experience that he had. He's better able to apply it and interject at times where it doesn't feel awkward to me as the viewer. So there's my props to Colby Cohen. Nice job in the studio tonight. I enjoyed the whole team there. Kaylee, Pat Boyle, always. That was good tonight. So there's positive from the game against Colorado. (laughs) And if you want extensive breakdown on how NBC Sportsnet staffs its postgame shows, you turn into ONTAP Sportsnet because we will break that down for you. And that's the ONTAP difference. Hey, this is, this is you know, we're, we're the biggest Blackhawks fans in the world as far as we're concerned, right? We're here to serve the Blackhawks fans. Yes, we so are. that's what we're doing here. We're talking about our experience with it. That's 4F After Dark, essence of it here. But those are my thoughts. And if you guys have different ones, please feel free to share them. But those are just my observations tonight. I think they're finding more niches here. And if we could find a way to keep Nikki O uh, in the booth, that'd be great. I, mean, I, will, I want, I want I will, Eddie back and healthy, but, you know. I will agree with you, but how do we just get, like, some sort of AI Pat Foley voice call for every Hawks game for the rest of our lives? Like, can somebody just develop that, Johnny? Like, can we, can we like, start a GoFundMe? How much money you got? Yeah, I, I don't have <laughs> enough. <laughs> Ronald, you look like you got something to say here. You know, I I I actually like what you had to say there, Johnny. I really do, especially with like Kobe being in the studio. Uh, I get that vibe as well from them. They they have a good chemistry going, and uh, they work really well together as that group with Boyle, Chelios, and and Colby Cohen. So, and I like Colby. You know, on uh, you know do, doing some of the like social media breakdowns, like the day of the game. You know, maybe it's him and the, like Jenna Rose or somebody like that at the United Center. Uh, they do a good job, I think, in those in those roles, right? Like, you know what I would like, Johnny? I would like the Blackhawks on the ice to get like the broadcasting crew and start finding their roles on the team. Right? Yes. Different. Thank you, Ron. Like, yes. I, I, they're they're getting it together. Hey, you, People are finding their. Not, like you said, their niche. 
You, you, you talked about them finding their niche there, but all right, a welcome uh, new addition, not new, a, a bring back here. P- Patrick Sharp's going to be on the pregame, yes. postgame uh, for Friday night. Guys, I'm going to be at the game, um, and we're going to talk about what's on tap next. I want you guys to be there with me, but either way, for the fans watching at home, fuck yeah, Sharpie's back on your television set. I mean, come on, that beautiful man. Oh, he is so he was yeah, he was awesome just. the first time around. He got the national gig uh, with NBC Sportsnet before, uh, you know, that that all turned over and went to the uh, Turner Sports deal. But still, I thought Patrick Sharp always did an excellent job. And he always looks excellent, guys. Like it's he's a sharp dressed man. He is a sharp dressed man. And it's it's going to be a treat for those that get to watch at home. I, I was waiting for the ZZ Top reference because I feel like we've never gone a podcast, Johnny, without a ZZ Top reference somewhere. Yeah, at least, at least in the so- socks, we definitely can't get so through. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. double down on it. Patrick Sharp just had to get paid. He's got to get paid, man, and that's yes. why he took the. That's why he took that deal. Twenty five lighters uh, on his dresser. He's got twenty five lighters on his dresser, and Patrick Sharp's just got to get paid. Um. That's that's what I hint back to in the last episode that we talked extensively about this broadcast crew. It's almost like a gots to get paid situation. And I don't feel like we've got the talent that's there. You just look at it from the outside perspective. Eddie Olchek, Pat Foley, guys who are at the top of their careers, late, late, late in their careers, I should say. Um, obviously, Foley's leaving. We'll, we'll have to see what happens with Eddie O, but uh, his son would be an excellent replacement. But I think that just the way the same, the, like Ron, how you said you want them to find their roles and find all that stuff. I want somebody in this, in this broadcast group that brings a little bit of flair, that brings some controversy, that's not afraid to go against the grain a little bit. I thought we were going to get that with uh, Andrew Shaw. And I get a little bit more of a buttoned up version of Andrew Shaw on these post game shows. You kind of need that wild card sometimes. I want that Ozzy Gian character. Gian, I was just gonna say, I want man, that Ozzy Gian character. Is, and it wasn't the rip Chuck earlier, but when I was talking about the hosts there, you know, when I, when I had said that better than Chuck, well, guess what? Ozzy makes that post game show go right for the White Sox. Yes, he so. does. If if you're looking at the White Sox post game show, we're trying. This is like a NBC Sportsnet. Uh, like yeah, group analysis session here, here. analysis yeah. here, but uh, you, you need somebody for this Hawks broadcast. That's going to make something go just a little bit. There's a lot of good, like I'll, I'll give Colby Cohen some credit. If the team on the ice, isn't going to stir it up broadcast. Somebody, should. yes. Somebody's <laughs> got to be stirring that pot. Cause that's, what's going to drive it. I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know who that guy is. What if what if Patrick Sharp comes in though and it, it inserts a little bit of that flair? Maybe it's not in the way that you think, like obviously, like Ozzy does on the White Sox post game shows, or even like what you were expecting out of a guy like Andrew Shaw. You know, maybe, but you just get that little more honesty and a little more fandom for the Blackhawks. You know that that aspect that I've got uh, my controversial hire for this role, but I can't say it. Because it would be so bad. Oh boy, I think I know. Even bad who for four F after dark. Wow, Tony's got some dark thoughts going Bring on. Bring Joel there. Quenville on the post game show. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, you're canceled. So, <laughs> <laughs> Tony's night's done. <laughs> 
Now, guys, uh, we, we, we've uh, gone extensive here on these TV broadcasts here, uh, these, uh, you know, last couple of episodes. But unfortunately, as we said earlier, that kind of speaks to um, the state of the team on the ice and not as much exciting to talk about there, whereas at least we can kind of break these down and nitpick and talk about what we want um, for the future of these roles. So always enjoy having these discussions with you guys. I'm sure they will still continue their experiment that they've got going on here. So uh, we'll be interested to see how it plays out. We're getting net, uh, down to the end here uh, of this episode, looking at what's on tap next um, for the Blackhawks guys, Wednesday, Detroit sucks uh, national TV, 6 30 PM central time uh, on TNT. And uh, that's uh, it's the only other time we played Detroit this year. Uh, we lost him the first time. When you get back in the wind column there, uh, Friday versus Colorado, I will be in attendance. I've offered my ticket to one of you and try to make a four feathers outing out of this. But I don't know if you guys are just too hammered on Saturday night when I was texting you about it. But the interest level didn't seem there. Are we gonna I don't even remember this not? text message. I, 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 I'm going to go right, right out on air right here, right now. I don't even remember fucking. OK, so text Tony message. was hazy. Ron, did you comprehend it? I know you were feeling pretty delicious, too. I was feeling delicious. And I don't I don't recall this text message. So at least I'm wait, not. Wait, wait, wait. Do you guys remember me asking you if either of you were going to the game? Yes, and Do I remember said, that. No, I'm not going to the game. I don't I have knew, a ticket. Right. Yeah. So I asked you. I was just wondering if you guys had had tickets because I know Ron had had some other ones before. So I didn't know. And then I had said, well, one of you guys should take my other one and then we should get an additional one in the section nearby and I'll go and make a 4F outing out of it. But you guys must have just blacked out between that point of me asking the initial question. I am literally the secondary proposal. I'm, Johnny, I'm literally like scouring all of my messages to try and find this message. Oh, what's in there? I, and I will find it. I will find it at some point. Because now I'm one of you guys, but one of you guys should use my ticket and the other get a seat nearby. Shouldn't be too expensive on Ticketmaster, Resale, or StubHub or Vivid. A little 4F outing. I mean, I'm I'm very open to this idea. Don't get it twisted. I just I am more appalled, Johnny, at the fact that I literally don't remember. Yeah, this I don't. Conversation. I, I, <laughs> I remember the texts, but I don't remember the conversation. Yeah, right, 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 right. You guys just don't want to go. You, you don't want to go out with me on Friday night. That's all right. No, that's message true, message received. Johnny. That's not true at all. Ron, could you just go out with him on Friday? Night? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hey i'd be very down man i really would i uh i just again i am so mentally appalled right now at yeah, the well, fact that like he's I, gonna I end up bringing buzz we all know yeah. it's gonna happen so for our listeners we won't make our plans here over the air but you will see us um out there if we are indeed i know i will for sure so uh check the four feathers pod uh twitter instagram account for content from the game and hopefully one of these two goons or both of them are joining me uh, there the other game on this slate here probably until we talk next game again is monday versus vancouver brent seabrook legacy night was supposed to be this night it is now canceled or excuse me postponed until a later season um as we mentioned earlier talking about some of those canadian um, restrictions and covid and all of that uh, that affected games now it's going to affect travel for seabrook because uh, you know He's got school-aged children, so that was the kind of explanation with the Blackhawks thing there. Um, possibility of, you know, um, 
the complications when trying to come back over the border or go over the border into the U.S. Chicago extended stay for a weekend. So um, who knows when that will actually happen. But either way, that game is still taking place. 6.30 p.m. Uh, on that Monday, the 31st, last day of January against the Vancouver Canucks there. That's the look at what's on tap next year, guys. Um, thoughts during this stretch? Uh, I know we had talked last time about looking at an upcoming stretch, and now we went 0-2-1 and, you know, and 1 through that. Um, how do you think we fare in these games? Not great, Bob. <laughs> I love that Tony keeps it short and sweet. Uh, I think Wednesday might go okay. I think Detroit's the, probably the, the worst of the three, at least at this point in time. I think Vancouver's playing hot ever since Boudreaux took over. Um, so that one's kind of up in the air as well. I think they have a good shot on national television on, on Wednesday night against the uh, ever so hated Detroit Red Wings. But, um, I mean, we saw them play Colorado tonight, and even a good effort wasn't enough to beat them. So, obviously, that one – Feels a little jaded on Friday, but uh, hopefully they rebound on Monday and they look good against Vancouver uh, and can, you know, ultimately maybe get, you know, to just two points and give us something nice to talk about on a Monday night. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay, Wednesday night at Detroit, um, that, that's up in the air. Who knows how that's going to go? I will say we do not deserve this product that the Blackhawks are putting out on the ice. does not deserve to be on national TV. I don't care if Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane are in tow there. Um, they're going off of the history of that. That is the only reason that this game uh, is on. And it was probably decided you know, before the season that they were going to have this as a national showcase. So um, Detroit is you know playing better than uh, I think many expected uh, them to be uh, at this point in the season. And even though their playoff odds are technically lower than the Blackhawks, granted the Eastern Conference is a little bit different than the Western Conference layout-wise for those middle teams there. But um, that'll be interesting to see. I really hope we can pull off a win there. Not too sure about it, though. But I'll say this. Friday night, if I'm there um, with not without one of you guys, uh, we're going to lose. But if one of you guys or both of you guys come, we're going to get a win. So um, there's your kind of, uh, you know messaging there to that trying to bait monday, us. monday against vancouver <laughs> uh that's a 6 30 start they're absolutely going to come out and shit the bed uh lose that one within the first 10 minutes so that's good that's what's going to happen there that's that's my thoughts predictions that's thank you thank you for already uh letting me know i'm i'm i'm, in yeah, I'm sorry ron dude I, I I cannot. <laughs> I on Friday night against the Wild, I was absolutely appalled. The Illinois basketball yeah. game wasn't even over yet, and the Blackhawks game was already over. Four minutes, seven seconds into it, I was fucking disgusted. <laughs> That's what's going to happen because they're playing early. It's like an hour, you know, the one hour difference is going to throw off their whole fucking timetable because they usually play at seven thirty at home. Like it. it I, I don't. I don't get it. it, it <laughs> I, I can just I, see it. I, you, you know, I'm like the, the games. I'm the, just dead right now because this is the would, most negative non-conversation you, you can close. You remember when? Remember when NBC used to have like the 11 a.m. games? Like they thought that was a good fucking time slot. Oh, they were terrible. Like NFL Sundays for whatever fucking reason. Probably a reason they don't have the you know the broadcast deal anymore. But remember when they had those and the Hawks would get like scheduled for one of them? Then they come out and get fucking. <laughs> Just absolutely mollywopped like six to one against the Capitals. Like, yes, you know, like what the fuck is going on there? That's totally going to happen Monday night just because it's 630 instead of 730 start. His podcaster score just went up 30 points for using the term mollywopped. <laughs> You're not wrong, though, Johnny. Like, it really does feel like it, the history of this team over the last decade. Anytime they play outside of a seven or a 730 start time. On the rare occasion, you'll get a good six o'clock start if it's on a Sunday, not a Monday. Right, and that's right. It's gonna fuck them up. 
Yeah, exactly. If it was a Sunday, they'd be fine because they're, they're used to that. Because it's one it, of those be, great six o'clock starts, Johnny. It would be a normal game. They're, they're set that in the routine. Don't get me wrong. I love my routines too, but holy shit. Like, as dude, all right. Now that we're on this topic, let me just go just really quick. This was, I swear, this won't be long. But they're talking about keys to the game before Monday night. And they're talking about, okay, well, Colorado, you know, they come out and they attack you and they've got all this offensive weaponry to do it. Right. That's all true. But they say, oh, you got to come out and be ready from the jump. Would you ever come to a hockey game and not be ready from the fucking jump? Like, wouldn't that your mindset going in? Like, and yet we still see it happen. It's like Friday night was a perfect example against the wild. And it just like amazes me that, and this is not like, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know, but. It was a problem under Jeremy Colladin. It was a problem at times under Joel Quinville. And it's a problem still under Derek King. So what the fuck is up with these guys? I think we just need... I guess you said it before, the, the, the solution is more sell, smelling salts. We could all chip in for a pallet to be delivered to that locker room, man. We can, but I think it's got to be on the dry cleaner. Because, like, you kind of got to look at Derek King right now. And he's the one that pointed out the snazzy suit. If the dry, can't, dry cleaner can't turn around the snazzy suit in time... The whole vibe's off. Game over. We're fucked. Right. Yeah. That makes that's plausible. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good, play good, live good, live good, die good. You get the joke. Like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it is. And it feels like the Hawks just don't have that right now. And again, we talked way early in the show, kind of looping it all back for a circle. Like that personality, like, feels like that would go a long way in some situations like this where they need that flair from the get go, you know, and they need that spark plug. And I, I think that's just, again, otherwise they'll be, you know, infuriatingly inconsistent uh like we've been saying all episode but uh johnny that was like full-blown negative donny and i enjoyed the hell out of it i'm glad you shared that with us <laughs> Guys, here that's dude, a little I, treat at the end right, of the episode so, yeah yeah no um and, and it's not that i want that i or i you know like i'm totally down on this team and they can't and you know i hope they prove me wrong and i hope they come out and play uh you know have a very nice start and play a full 60 and give the canucks a good game and you know hopefully uh, send Brucey boy home uh, with a loss there, but I can just look at this guys. I've just watched too many games of this team and just knowing the situational sort of like things around this. Now we got the news here coming in. I, I forgot to mention this the first go around, but this game against Vancouver, just, just following up on my point here, this game against Vancouver Monday night was supposed to be Brent Seabrook night. So hey, that's one like kind of like boost, like sort of thing that's removed from it. And that also guys would have pushed the start time back a little bit because the ceremony would run in. So it'd be closer to the normal start time. Yada, yada, get all that playing in there. But they were also supposed to play in St. Louis originally the night before they had that penciled in there. Now that has moved as part of the, um, you know, postponement since they had the two week window in February to work games in there. So they're not bunched up. The Blackhawks don't have back to back. Guess what? Saturday, Friday, Saturday night, they're getting absolutely fucked. They're, they're like, I'd go out on the town. Don't get me wrong. I would, but they're professional hockey players. So they probably shouldn't do that to their bodies, but who knows? Like that's, that's at least the way I look at it, guys. Like just all of these factors into consideration here. Tinfoil hat time, call it whatever you want, but man, don't be surprised if they get their blows doors blown off early on Monday night. <laughs> so what you're trying to say, Johnny is, is rather than a case of the, the Sunday scaries, they're going to have the Monday scaries because right. it's going to be a weekend long bender well, per, right. Bobby, per Bobby Margarita, per Bobby Margarita, the weekend runs to Monday now for them because their whole Saturday would not have been a weekend uh, or yeah. Weekend day, right? Since it was a game day to start for them there. And back to back. So they're working. For, they're working for the weekend. Now they got the weekend. And when the weekend dries up, 
they're going to be, you know, grabbing their, you know, shin pads for air uh, as Brock Besser and Elias Pedersen skate them up and down the ice. Does this team even have the ability to go out and have a bender? Like, I, I want to I get into that because we just talked I mean, about the lack of personality. Like, is Henrik Borgstrom getting fucked up? Dude, like, uh, that's, that's where I want to go with you, man, because, like, Give me Patrick Kane on a bender up at up in Wisconsin for like just a week to get him back to doing Dennis Rodman style. Yes, like (laughs) give me that for a week, man. Just like somebody let Patrick Kane loose for a week and let him just be himself and get back to his mid twenties because goddamn thirty plus year old Patrick Kane isn't doing it for me at $10 million a year. That's that's the problem with this team is they don't have that youth energy that has the same level of confidence that those guys had. Yeah, man, just, I, I think I've blown all my hot air for tonight, guys. I've, I've Tony, blown I way too I've blown a, way too much hot air. That's a, that really is though. I mean, when you go back and look at the themes of it, I know we've had a lot of you know kind of joking, laughing moments, and you know it's been fun. So I'm glad everybody's here, um, you know, listening to Four Feathers After Dark, uh, this edition of. But when you go back to it, Tony, I mean, we talked about the lack of spirit, soul. It's lame and weak. It's not cool and tough, like we like to say it on tap here. Um, but I really do. I was going to say that I, I really do think they're missing some like soul, some vibes, so to say. It's a confidence um, it, thing, man. Like the, I, I just come back to it. I think it's a confidence yeah. thing. I'm not trying to take Patrick Kane's off ice antics and say that you know we need somebody like Patrick Kane who's gone through some of the things that it doesn't he's gone feel through. like they're having fun. It just you? doesn't feel like they're having fun. It doesn't feel like they're they, they don't have a personality. They don't have a storyline. They don't have anything. Yeah. And that equals boring. That it just equals yeah. boring. It's just you know, punch the clock, punch out, and that's it. It doesn't. It it doesn't have to be in the wrong situations. I I, I like looking at Liam Hendricks. The dude will fucking go to Brookfield Zoo and feed turtles lettuce, and I find that entertaining because it's just something about him. What are what are the Hawks guys doing? Yeah. Give me an Aussie who just you know comes in there to you know whatever it is runs in is pumped did, up like I, I just want somebody to be pumped up about the Blackhawks right now yeah did the Blackhawks lose a little mojo by trading Adam Boquist since he and Alex Dabrinkit a lived together and had a little bit of mojo kind of yeah, bromance 100%. going on yeah yeah That's true we are we are missing our Adam Boquist and Alex Dabrinkit content that is hashtag confirmed and and this time, Bobby Bargarita doesn't even need to confirm that. That can be by uh, our boy Spaghetti and Meatballs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they just miss that spunk and that personality and something fun to to be able to attach onto each season, even when they're playing bad. Like that was always something I remember. Again, in the in the you know where they were just branded perfectly. Like, do you remember when they would come out with the videos from like a four game road trip and it was like highlights and guys like you know going to dinner and doing this and like. People enjoy that. People want to know who the players are on this team. And, like, I feel like some of the other teams in Chicago do such a better job. But, like, nobody knows who any of these guys are. And there's nothing, like, their their personalities aren't shining. And it's a real shame. Yeah. 
It, it is. It really is because we want to have fun with this team. We want to, but they don't give us much of a reason to um, as of late. So hate to be a uh, negative Nani here, but you've heard plenty of that tonight um, and uh, some from my colleagues here. Ron Luce, Tony on tap. Um, guys, it's been a blast recording season three, episode 10, Four Feathers After Dark with both of you here. We are just rolling past midnight, so it is about time to wrap it up. Give me a final thought and then we will get out of here. Make the Blackhawks fun again. Make them cool and tough again. Figure out some way to do that. I think overarching, summing it up, you have to make a decision with your front office at some point. If you're the Wurtzes, you have to make a decision as to who's going to drive this thing. You had the top of the class. We just sat here for an hour and 20 minutes and talked about some of the shit that you get with bottom class. I don't think any of us are happy with the product on the ice, off the ice, anywhere near it. And it's a shame that some of the stuff that we sit here and say is borderline. Like I, I, I can't say that that's a shame in my opinion. Because we should be able to voice our opinions as fans. That's what we're going to do here. But at the end of the day, this is a subpar product to what we had five years ago. That's a problem for any business. That's where I'm at as a fan, and I'll continue to preach that message till it improves. Ron, I'll toss it to you. Yeah, uh, I think that's incredibly well said, Tony, and, and and you can even build off of that a little bit. Like we we need these Blackhawks to be fun again because let's let's look around the sports landscape here in Chicago right now. Uh, the Bears are an absolute gong show of an organization in the moment. Um, the Bulls are are fun and are playing well, and we encourage our, our friends of Four Feathers to also go listen to our friends over at Bulls on Tap. Um, but boys, we have uh, baseball being threatened uh, in, in the start time for that season. You know, obviously Cubs and White Sox are both represented here respectively amongst the four feathers crew. So uh, winning Blackhawks hockey would not only be cool and tough, but it would give us a sense of uh, excitement about Chicago sports outside of just the Bulls because we might be, you know, waiting for baseball when, when the weather improves. And we might be, you know, waiting a couple of years for the Bears to truly be good. Um you know, like even just something to get excited about with this Blackhawks team. Uh, it feels like there's parts of each team in Chicago that have something to be excited about. And the Hawks are the ones that probably lack the most. Uh, so let's change that. And, and maybe February, um, you know, Valentine's Day, uh, it, you know, is a day of love. Uh, hopefully we can, you know, feel a lot of love for our Chicago Blackhawks uh, in the, the shortest month of the year coming up. Right, Ron, building on that, I'll go a mi- very micro point. You guys kind of hit the bigger scope of things better here. Uh, micro point here, I still believe in Kirby Doc, as I aired out earlier in this show. Um, so a good time for him to start turning it on would be right now. But seriously, we talked about the kind of lost development because of all the factors last year. But with Kirby Doc moving forward, I think he's a guy that they are going to continue to build around. You've, you'll see ridiculous stuff come out. Oh, they should trade him. Oh, he's a bust. He's never going to be this and that. Um, I wouldn't give up on him. That'd be my advice here. And I hope he's going to start proving you wrong here um, in the coming weeks. So um, I was at a game 
right before the pandemic hit and Kirby doc put the Anaheim ducks in an absolute blender. Remember the spin move through the neutral zone, uh, breaking in, having an excellent shot. Unfortunately it was denied, but still that kind of stuff. I want to see that level of exciting play from Kirby doc. That is one thing that can make people get excited about the Blackhawks again. So I'm going to speak it into existence. Kirby doc is going to have a breakthrough month of February. That's it. I've said my piece boys. That was season three, episode 10, four feathers podcast Four F after dark thank you all our listeners for tuning in make sure you go follow us on social media at four feathers pod and at on tap sports net um go give us a five-star rating and review if you enjoy the podcast wherever you listen and as always you can get a ten dollars off your vivid seats order of a hundred dollars or more if you're looking to get out to the uc use the code on tap uh whenever you place your order that's code on tap for ten dollars off an order hundred dollars or more so Gentlemen, that'll do it for this episode of the Four Feathers Podcast. Thank you again for joining me. Only got three words. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.